Welcome to Loving God and Making Money. I am Julaine Smith. And I'm Kyla Alvarez. And we are back. <laughs> What's up, everyone? So glad to be back. Hey, Kyla. It's good to uh, be on the air again today. We're continuing to talk about this topic that we started last week, which has to do with empowering women. Yeah. My yeah, favorite. I know. Me too. And just talking a little bit about some of the barriers uh, that we have to jump over, hurdles that we have to definitely uh, get over in terms of being able to fulfill our destiny, um, be all God has called us to be, uh, regardless of the context that that takes uh, us to. And so I'm excited as we continue to look at some of the obstacles, the barriers uh, to access. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way that we've uh, described this. And so, Kyla, I'm going to toss it back over to you so we can just keep on going. Uh, let's let's uh, introduce this topic again Yeah. continue on. So um, today I want to talk about unequal access. So we kind of mm-hmm. tapped into it a little bit last week. Correct. Um, but... Statistics show that I'm, I'm just going to read one for you guys done by the Harvard Business Review. But as far as studies go for the United States, it says that f- about 51% of the entire workforce is actually comprised of women. So just a little bit mm-hmm. more than men now. Mm-hmm. Um, but as that's the managerial employment okay. part. But when it comes to actual representation of like executive office, okay, women are only about 14% mm-hmm. overall. That's mm-hmm. the overall. And, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, that's a huge disparity if, right. if we're only about 14. And so for a lot of women pursuing a future and pursuing what they feel called to, there's just a lack of, of, of access that gets us there. And some people say um, there's a huge myth, you know, that goes around, well, women don't get to the executive level because they go back home to be moms, to do this right. and that. They and opt out. Yeah, they opt yeah. out. Or, For good reasons, too. I mean, I'm an opter outer. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I understand that mindset. I mean, I, I left my corporate finance job to become a stay at home mom for one reason and one reason only. And his name is Jonathan Isaac Smith. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I raised my baby, you know. And so it was hard to, after he got into college and I was ready to go back into the workforce you know, to, to try to uh, reestablish myself back into that corporate finance role. Uh, number one, I didn't want to do it. Number two, it probably would have been really difficult because mm-hmm. I was out of the workforce for about six years. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I chose to start my own business instead. So I'm glad I go. did. Hello. It was a good, was a good it was decision. A good thing. Yeah, it was a good thing. But, you know, women opt out yeah. to take care of their kids. They do. But what's amazing is a lot of people assume that that's why a lot of women leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and studies actually show that 90% of the reason why women leave the workforce yeah. is actually because they're mistreated. Uh-uh. Yep. Not because of home or home life and motherhood and stuff. It's literally, so studies show that even after having had a second child, so not the first, but even two children after mm-hmm. in the midst of motherhood, mm-hmm. mothers are still willing and wanting to continue working if they're already working. Yes. But what caused them to leave is if a work environment is just too much and it adds that extra pressure with the home. And so because of the work environment, they choose to leave 90%. Now, I can understand that. Yes. And that's because most companies 
don't work towards building a culture yes. that aligns with yes. the, I'd say, dual priorities of a working woman yes. who's Which, a mom. Exactly. They don't do it. Because there's a social pressure. Pressure. So that's part right. for me of what I think contributes to unequal access. Because when people look at fathers and mothers, mm-hmm. um, I have another another study that was done by another professor, mm-hmm. and it says that um, there's a, a a simple discrimination bias against women, specifically mothers. In this study, it shows that pretty much um, mothers make $11,000 less than fathers, or mm. sorry, not even fathers, 11000 less than women without children. So specifically women with children are literally make less money. Yes. Um, and men have a no statistical study of being marked down for being fathers, though. Right. So there's just a social In fact, stigma. Just the opposite, probably. Yes. I mean, if you're uh, the head of the household and you're a man, right? Yeah. And and you're in a, a situation of negotiating salary. Yep. A lot of times, the people sitting on the other side of the table from you mm-hmm. are going to look at the fact that you're the primary breadwinner or you're the yeah. male head of the household. So you should make more. I mean, I've yes. actually heard people make comments like yes. this, right? It's Compared real. to a woman who uh, is... Apparently, it's her side hustle. Oh, hello. <laughs> she doesn't need to make as much, yeah. yep. right? And if she's a married woman, for sure, yep. right? Because she has another income. Mm-hmm. She has a spouse that's taking care of. So I have actually heard um, people make comments like that in terms yeah. of how salaries are set for men and women, depending on, you know, married or single or whatever. It's the, true. The other thing I wanted to say, though, I, I realized that, I mean, even at my firm, uh, Accountant Smart, what we did in terms of trying to give people opportunity for access, mm-hmm. women in particular, we wanted to take the public accounting industry and create an opportunity where women who wanted to keep their professional skills sharp, but they didn't want to have to work the hours of a traditional public accounting firm, mm-hmm. they would be able to come to work with us. Oh, and I love we it. would set up flex time I love and part time situations and work from home mm-hmm. uh, arrangements. Right. So that way, working and yes, it would fit in with what the woman is looking for and needs at that point in time in her life when she is a mom. Right. So so when we we accommodate that need on the flip side, what does that mean? The woman does make less. Yes. Right. She's working part time instead of full time. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is a choice Mm -hmm. that she makes. And I, I, I can't help but think that that there are women making that choice and perhaps that's a reason for that statistic. Yeah, it's true. Um, but that's why I love like when it, what you just named is accessibility. Mm-hmm. So what your company did was essentially named a problem and restructured the way business is done to provide accessibility so right. that we stop with those margins. Well, another right. person who I think is an amazing pioneer of this is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation mm-hmm. who do oh, a yeah. huge stipend towards child care and even um, maternity and paternity leave, yes. trying to give equal access to parents as a whole who 
um, feel called to work and give and also have children that you don't have to, um, pick and choose. Mm -hmm. And you know, what's so sad is even last night we had some friends over and, um, a, a, a friend of mine who, you know, is currently pregnant right now. I, I was heartbroken because, even there, her work didn't want to give her a medicine ball to sit on that she was in pain. They wanted her to dress a certain way still, even though she was pregnant. They And I'm like, girl, wow. I think you could almost get a lawsuit on this, but wow. I'm just saying. Wow. Um, but this is a reality. And she uh, she ended up getting pregnant right when she got hired, but you have to be there a year before you get benefits. So they're not even going to give her any... A year? Th- yeah, they're not going to give her... Um, maternity leave, even though she's only two or three months shy of whoa, making it. Whoa, whoa. And that's, that's yeah. just because, and now she's having to choose, but men never have to deal with this issue. Right, right. And, and see, this just becomes all the more harder for women to just even try to progress because now people are going to look at her work ethic. They're going to be like, why did she stop? This is going to be on her resume now and people are going to read into this and this is going to carry with her. Now, What's so horrible is that's part of unequal access. That's mm-hmm. just statistically a, a social system that's been created that does not give her the same advantage. And I think that it's a really poor report card, I would say, on the mindset of the leaders of that business. Because I think in today's world, you know, we're in 2019, that companies and, and owners of companies really to the extent that they're not willing to make some accommodations yes. to to give women the opportunity to to be in the workforce and uh to do so in a comfortable environment i mean you should be able to be comfortable, be comfortable and wear when you're shoes sitting that fit your when you're desk, pregnant right yes. um and and they're so short sighted yes in terms of the longer term um uh, opportunity costs yes. of not making those decisions because the fact is that she probably is a great worker. Yeah. Um, what she's dealing with right now is being pregnant. Yeah. Um, that's a, a short term, relatively speaking, um, situation for her to go through. She's going to give birth to her child. She may decide she wants to come back to work after the mm-hmm. baby is born. And to the extent that she's already familiar with the company, they have a well trained and a, uh, employee she's a great and a good, asset. good, good, yes. uh, yeah, good performer. Why would they let her go exactly. simply because they're not willing to spend, you know, less than a hundred dollars to get a, a ball for her to sit on or whatever the case may be. I think my point is, is that as business owners, we are responsible for the decisions that we make. And to the extent that we can make decisions that allow for our employees, male and female, mm-hmm. um, to be, uh, in an environment that sparks creativity, that enables them to do their work well, we benefit. We, in the end, we win. Everybody wins. Yes. You know, so it just breaks my heart, you know, when I hear a story like that, because it just tells me that we have so much more work to do to break off the stigmas of people's minds. The blinders need to be lifted off their eyes to see that we are in a workforce situation right now where we have to be more sympathetic sympathetic and empathetic. Yes. I love this. Empathetic. Yes. Well, this is why I'm, so I'm, I'm looking at, you know, actually getting this term like 
trademarked right now. Hmm. But I, what you're naming is what I, what I call mm-hmm. privileged disengagement. Hmm. So what this is is I'm, I'm realizing in our society, most people would look at the woman, for example, and be like, "Well, why did you get pregnant?" They right. would blame her, right? Yeah. They would be like, "Well, or that's your choice. That's your you're choice. Now. You shouldn't figure it out. If if you want to take your work seriously, then you shouldn't have children, right? If you oh, if you want these things, these are the costs to get there, and people normalize that, right? But the reason why I call this privilege disengagement is because people associate like like this business, right? Who doesn't mm-hmm. want to pay for the short term investment to keep her, right? They they sit on this place where they're like, well. If you aren't going to work here, we'll just find someone else who does. They stopped caring. They stopped having the empathy. They stopped going into the needs of their community. They sit in this privileged place where they can actually physically disengage with the needs of their community. Mm -hmm. Now, a few weeks ago, we went through some, you know, um, elements of what makes a great, you know, God bearing leader right a generous leader a generous leader and and one of those things is being empathetic is knowing your community serving people loving people so if we want to take this seriously this idea of unequal access Mm -hmm. we have to realize this is part of jesus's call for us to name the fact that there is an unequal access and a lot of people have a hard time with that. Right. But right, right. I want to shift good. that's good. I want to shift the combo real quick because I want to talk about some practical points of what contribute okay. to it. Okay. Because for you the audience, some of you might be asking, okay, unequal access. I hear it all the time. You know, women are saying they're not seen, not heard, not lifted up. But we don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the biggest things is kind of what you talked about last week. It's this idea of a, a man's club, right? Or the good old like, boys club. Yeah. And I think the workplace or even the churches, so many churches that also fail to see women representation in them. Mm-hmm. Um, it all boils down to the, almost this form of discipleship. And the way we Mm. let people into our lives and how we train leaders, right? So the only way, not the only way, but oftentimes the only way to get elevated is who do you know, right? Often. The practical. Who do you know? Your Uh, network. Yeah, your networking. Who's your mentor? But many men don't actually step outside to start networking with women to the same intimacy that they do with men. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna go golfing, but oh well you you might not golf, right? Oh well we're gonna go play ball or we're gonna go do this, and that's how you network. That's right. That's I hate to say it, but that is part of unequal access, is it not? Yeah, it is. It's so funny you bring that one up because I have personal experience with the awkwardness that can a company trying to be mentored uh, by a man as a woman. It, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. And and it's interesting because I feel like, first of all, it has to really be a divine appointment. I mean, because if God calls the, um, the two of you together and uh, he'll give you grace, that relationship will have grace. But it's when you're trying to force the situation, I think, number one, or, or number two, when there's not a common understanding of the reason for the engagement. Um, I could just remember personally, you know, I've been trying to find mentors, um, 
for most of my uh, uh, adult life as a as a woman of God, as a woman of God who wanted to be in business and wanted to do well in business. I was looking for uh, just wise counsel. There, there is safety in a multitude of counsel, even uh, according to Proverbs. And, and so you want to be able to be in relationships with people who can help you. And, and so often and in the world, in the world of business, and which is what I can speak to, the people who are successful are men. Mm-hmm. And so you find yourself like trying to engage and we'll only to and, learn. You have to go to a guy. Yeah. Then. Yeah. You're, you're wanting to have these conversations, et cetera, et cetera. And for whatever reason, and I can't even say specifically what it was, but for whatever reason, I would always feel over a course of time, like there was this awkwardness yes. in the relationship. Well, that's, that's what I call, I hate, I, I don't like the phrase. I did not coin this phrase, everyone. Mm-hmm. I love Billy Graham. I'm just going to mm-hmm. like preface that, but this is what is known as the Billy Graham syndrome. What's the Billy Graham syndrome, so, Kyla? So essentially, Billy Graham, when he started his ministry, uh-huh. he he made this rule. The Billy Graham it's it's now labeled the Billy Graham rule, right? Okay, where you, a man, a pastor, a, a someone higher up, should not be alone with a woman who is not his spouse. Ever. Never be alone okay. with a woman or a spouse. And this has had severe repercussions oh my for women, gosh. both in the yes. church and the workplace, but created this social Awkward. stigma. Yeah, that yes. that women, well, one, it made women this sexualized thing. And Hello. let's just name it. Men do this. Men oh are like, God. oh, if she's texting me, she must be wanting me. Oh if she's God. emailing me so much, I this get is it. like not professional or mm-hmm. like, we, oh, mm-hmm. as if a woman is a temptress. I mean, mm-hmm. This is a real thing you see in society. Like if if she is messaging you, oh, it must be sexualized. But we live in a hyper-sexualized culture. This is a reality that people face. Mm -hmm. But let me just say, get over it, man. We don't want your bodies. We just want an opportunity. And can I tell you that that really exists in the body of Christ? It does. It does. And and, because in the workforce, okay, in, in the marketplace. You don't get that same kind of uh, dynamic yeah. per se. I mean, not not to the degree that I'm talking about and what I experienced. I'm talking about when it's more so in the context of in the in the body of Christ in the church. And you know, there there are marketplace ministry groups that um, have um, been formed in some congregations of local churches, where where leaders in the marketplace gather and they network, etc. But yet there's always this, well, I'll speak from my experience. There was always this, this sense of the women should be with the women and the men should be with the men and the two should not meet because the Billy Graham syndrome or whatever that is that you just described, that was the, that was there to protect everybody, et cetera. And all you're trying to do is to get some wisdom so you can figure out how to make your company run better. Yes. Right. And and I'm not going to deny there is, there is some wisdom like, and obviously like, I don't think you should be texting and calling someone who's not your spouse like 24 No, I understand that. I understand that. But as someone who also has been like clearly left out. Right. Julaine, I had this one moment where, oh gosh, it drove me nuts, where a a leader essentially was forming a leadership group and announced to to our community, hey, if you want to be a part of this leadership group, it's at 5 a.m. We're doing it at my house. Great. 
and it was only for men. And I was like, well, I, w- I want to be part of that leadership group. I want to learn those things. Can I come? And people laughed. Oh, yeah. Because it, it's no, not, not socially invited. appropriate for me no. as a woman to come into this mm-hmm. male leader's world at 5 a.m. And it's not appropriate for me to text him right. with pertinent questions to learn and get advice. So what are we doing? What, what happens? We're left out. It's not an exactly. equal access. It's systematic. It's systemic. It's like it's built into the very construct yes. of the the the, the, the approach uh, to sharing information that there will not be equal access. Yes. You know, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I've, I've ugh, been there, done that, experienced it. For me, it, 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 um, what I ended up doing is I said, okay, maybe what I should do is we just start our own, we start our own group, you know? So I start, I started small group and, um, out of my home as part of my church, a small group for women in the marketplace, partly because of this reason, because I felt like, you know, we do need to learn from one another. We do need to network. We do need to to build our relationships. And, and that's all good. But I always felt like it's not okay to do it in isolation and that yeah. you, you, do need to be able to access relationships with men who know more about how to uh, build a successful business or career than you do by virtue of the fact that they do have the privilege. Yes. Well, they do have the privilege. And we have to talk about that privilege. Yeah. So this is a very interesting topic because there's so many, like I can see on the one hand, the wisdom is saying, be careful because, you know, um, you don't want people to fall into tempting situations. You don't want to get people in situations where they, they are emotionally, uh, uh, involved with each other's lives, mm-hmm. you know, they cross the line. I mm-hmm. get that. I understand that. But I, I also understand that if we're going to get past the barriers to access and we're women, I'm speaking from a, a marketplace perspective, we're women in the workforce. We need to be able to have engagement with our male counterparts yes. and learn from them. It's a powerful, yes. it's a powerful way to uh, get access to knowledge yes. and wisdom, you know, and so we need to break down these barriers. Yeah. And you know, this is where, I mean, I'm speaking to everyone here, no matter who you are, you have some level of privilege. The, right. the thing is learning and owning what your privilege is. Where do you stand? What influence do you have where you are? And how do you lift others up with you? So how do we get past that barrier though? I mean, what yeah. are some of the things we can do to, to break down those, those barriers and get the access? If, yeah. Especially if you're a woman yeah. um, is trying to move forward. Yes. What are your opportunities? So for this is where men need to be advocates. The, I mean, mm. uh, just straight up men, white men in particular, who hold lots of power, you need to be an advocate. What does that look like though, Kyla? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. So first of all, it's you, I, you can't do, you know, leadership the way you were. You can't do the, the, the boys club anymore. Like Mm. you can't. They're not going to hear that. I know, but I, I hate that, but it's the truth. If you, if you want to keep that, you, then you're going to just keep perpetuating the same thing. And one plus one equals two. You need to change the formula. It's not just going to magically change. Okay, so then that puts the action on them. 
But if we're the woman who's seeking the access, does that mean that we need to show up at the at the golf tournament? I would. Does that mean we have to? Um, but you know me, Jalen. I'm gonna make, push my way through. I'm like, shoot, I, I mean, wait for nobody no well, more. Well, we maybe need to take a card out of Cheryl, Cheryl Sandberg's book, lean in and 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 show up at the uh, event, or or you know, make our way and not be ashamed. And I mean, yeah. because I don't think the that the men are going to take the lead on no, making this change because happen. of the privileged disengagement. Yeah, they're not going. They're a, not going to do it. But this is why Jesus matters. This is why Jesus matters. Jesus continually enters into the life of the marginalized. So don't you dare tell me you love Jesus and negate the needs of the marginalized. I know, but what I mean at the same time is the action that a woman would take. What is that on a practical level? Because even if God touches the heart of the man to say, okay, open yourself up to be willing to sit and have coffee with the woman and not be weird about it, um, the woman has to still engage and show up. She has to make make it known that she needs that or is looking for that kind of uh, relationship building, not because she wants wants you to be her sugar daddy. That's right. She's just trying to, you know... Uh, learn a few things to help her to be a better businesswoman That's or right. learn some things to even help her to, to open doors in preaching in your case. I mean, cause this, this could work in the church as well as it does in the marketplace, but um, yeah, I'm just sitting here. I mean, I'm listening and I hear what you're saying, but at the same time I'm thinking, okay, well, what can a woman do mm-hmm. who is looking for this kind of engagement? And do we do, do we just have to look for it from another man or are there any, you know, boss ladies out there yeah. who also would make time for a younger sister yes. to, to mentor her and, or spend time with her, you know, and I know for me, um, how busy time is. And I, I struggle myself with, with having time. Cause I really have a heart to want to mentor women. So I'm just kind of like, yes, well, you know, yeah, I mean, men, men are not the key to our future. Yeah, like, and they, they I, don't want, I don't want the women and, to feel like we no. got to wait on the man to, to figure it out. No, but if you look at any huge movement, whether that's the civil rights movement or anything, you know, any big movement, mm-hmm. it isn't until the majority become advocates of the minority that you really see the shift in culture. I mean, that's just the truth well, and i shoot, and Kyla, i hate this saying that be a while then because i know no, ain't nobody gonna step off their throne i know it's, it's true because you up. have to share power you have that's to share right. power you have that there's so much that happen. i know but this is why we have to bring it back to jesus right because you have to sit in that men need to start sitting in that reality but i will say hmm. i will say as a woman who waited way too long for men to open the door for me mm-hmm. i went and got my own door that's and what I i'm built talking about my own door but that's we'll, what but jelaine that's what we're i want to hear we're out of time this week but i will leave this you know as a, a little taste for next time yeah but because i'm gonna you know for, especially for you women we've actually been psychologically trained Mm-hmm. To be quiet, we've been trained to dismiss our thoughts, our needs, our desires. We've been trained to question ourselves. Mm-hmm, we've been trained mm-hmm. to not provoke. Um, yeah. There's all these things that I'd like to address, like okay. in the future, okay. to help we women. Get back at it, because I know I ain't waiting for no man to open no. the door for me. And, and I'm not that. I way mean, either. not unless you like opening the door because you. I'm yeah. about to walk into a fancy restaurant. You so, and you look you good, and you like you open the door for me, but I'm talking about. 
bragging about my destiny right now. No yes. way. But I hear your point. So anyway, yes. I can't wait. We'll talk about this some more, folks, next week. I hope that you guys are just getting engaged with this conversation, even uh, as uh, you're listening to us and thinking about what can you do to get access where you feel like access has been denied. Mm -hmm. And I know, like you said, Kyla, it all comes back down to the Lord because God will open doors no man can shut. And he will shut a door no man can open. That's right. And God always reminds me, told me this years ago, he says, I break the world's rules where my kids are concerned. God is not limited to what he can do in and through us by any man-made system. Yep. So that being said, we're going to wrap it up today. Mm -hmm. We're going to let y'all go, but I'm enjoying this. Kyla, can't wait till next week. In the meantime, folks, thank you so much for listening. Kyla and I are thrilled to have you listen to Loving God and Making Money every single week. And in the meantime, till we uh, come on again, just go out into that marketplace, make more, save more, give more, all to the glory of God. We love you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.